Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Kim Sorrell, who is the director of Rays of Hope International and author of two books. Kim, how are you doing? I am doing great. Timmy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I started my first business right out of high school and just recently sold my last business. And so in a whole new phase of life. Um, And I do like to write. I like to read. I like to hang out with my grandchildren and hang out with friends. I like to cook and um, meet new people. So. Yeah, travel. Love it. I love it. And entrepreneur right out of high school, huh? Right out of high school. Yeah. Before we jump into the rest of the show, I have to ask a little bit more about that because in the pre-show, I was talking about how I'm still W-2'd and I would like to be in that just straight income from entrepreneurship, but I'm finding difficulty with the driving revenue. So tell us a little bit about coming right out of high school, being an entrepreneur how you made that work and how entrepreneurs in my position right now can get to the point where they have enough revenue to take that leap or if they just need to take the leap. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes you do just need to take the leap because then it's live or die. Right. Yeah. My dad was a traveling salesman and an entrepreneur. And he, one of his theories was that you buy a car with a big car payment because it's going to drive you to make the sales, to make the money, you know, to, to be able to survive. And I don't know if I believe in that so much, but, <laughs> but I think sometimes you do just have to take the leap because it, it makes you have to do it. So in my case, uh, we were looking for a way to pay for college. I've got two older brothers and they're a, a year, we're exactly a year apart, the three of us. And so we graduated from high school, right? all in a row. So we took out a $50,000 loan and we bought an old five-story furniture manufacturing building and we rented space. We rented office space and manufacturing space and storage space. And it was great. And so we bought another building and then we bought another building and then we bought another building and and then bought some other things along the way. I, um, I just sold a golf course. Um, I was in uh, events and catering uh, as well. I could feed 1,200 people on a Saturday night. Now I'm, not, now I'm only feeding myself on a Saturday night. It's kind of nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we had a grocery store on St. Croix, a travel agency, just some other things throughout the years. And uh, you know, there's the lean times when you're first getting going, but you make it happen and, and things come your way. That is 
beautiful. So the, you at the age of 18 with your brothers took out a $50,000 loan and bought a building that you then um, used to rent out space. Right. Gotcha. So are you big on real estate investing to this day? You know, I, I, uh, I'm a big believer in real estate investing. I've got some real estate investments going on, but not tons. I sold the, the majority of the buildings we sold. One of my brothers, we bought out pretty early on. He was a veterinarian. And so he was going to go do his thing. So my other brother and I stayed in business for quite a while, but we sold a lot of our buildings actually right before the crash of 2008. So Gotcha. That was kind of nice for us. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> well, that is so cool. You know, I recently, um, similar, I took a smaller leap. I didn't take a huge leap, but I did take a smaller leap. And my brother was like really saying that he needed money for this one thing. And if he got the money, like it would help him like take the next steps. I was like, well, bro, we can go get the money. And so then I went out and took out a uh, like $35,000 load. And like everybody around me was calling me crazy, but I was like, this is literally the stuff people be doing to like make their dreams and goals happen. Like you have to be willing to go. Like if, if you don't bet 35,000 on yourself, like what are you doing? Right, right, right. You could go to Vegas and bet on something if you wanted to, but exactly. why not go for the sure thing? Yeah. You got to bet on yourself. Exactly. I love it. So thank you for making me feel better about the decision I made anyway. <laughs> awesome well so you've been an entrepreneur your whole life you are the director of rays of hope international author of two books let's go ahead and jump into your day-to-day as director of rays of hope international and just being an entrepreneur what does it look like well um as far as the entrepreneurship goes uh mostly i'm doing consulting mostly i get a lot of phone calls from people Uh, just wanting answers, wanting to know what to do about whatever employee relations or getting staffing or whatever it happens to be. But, um, and then as far as the nonprofit goes, we're a partnering organization. So we work with people in their own country that have a passion, a vision, a mission to do something to help people in their own country. And they just need someone to walk alongside. So they understand the culture, they understand the language, they understand the real need. So it's not somebody from the outside coming in going, we know what you need, you know, we know how to do it, but it's working within their country, within their capabilities. And so a lot of times it's a business plan or it's um, some seed money or some money for ongoing money for a while, always with the idea that They'll be self-sustaining in five years with a five-year goal of self-sustainability. So medical clinics, schools, um, mostly medical clinics and schools, some orphanages, and just some of the toughest parts of the world. Gotcha. I love that. I love how it's partnering with them. And so you're not kind of like getting that savior mentality of I have to come in, I have to do it. It's like, no, let me listen to the people who know where they're at and then empower them to come up with the solution. Love that. Well, awesome. Tell us a little bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? (laughs) Well, these days I am very passionate about what I learned in the year that I dedicated to learning the true meaning of love. It's, um, It's an interesting thing because I think we all know what love is or we think we know what love is. 
but you don't go to the bookstore and find a manual on love and there's no love for dummies. And so we learn from our parents, from people around us, and not everything we learn about love really is love and not everything done in the name of love is love. And so I just wanted to figure this love thing out. And I'll tell you, the things that I learned just blew my mind, changed my world. And I think would change anybody's world if you truly understood love and wanted to love the right way. And it's a wonderful way to live, but you have to know what it is first in, in order to achieve it. And so I'm spreading the word, spreading the love. That's my passion right now. There we go. I love it. Spreading the love. Well, let's jump into your dreams and goals. So you've talked about being passionate about what you learned about love and spreading the love, but how do you see that coming into fruition? What's your vision for your life and all your businesses and nonprofits going forward? So, yeah, so for uh, like for my book that I wrote based on my year plus of living, living love and on the streets of Haiti, mostly, um, I uh, have goals. I have a goal of selling 100,000 books by May 4th of 2023. I want to do more speaking. I have been speaking for the nonprofit. I I'm a breast cancer survivor, so I've spoken for Susan G. Komen and for uh, the American Cancer Society and fundraisers and things like that. And so I want to get into more places to speak about what I learned about love. Um, and it's not just romantic love, but it's love of everyone, because I really believe you should love everybody. And so uh, that I, I want to be on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. That's a goal of mine and um, just reaching as many people as I can with a message that could change the world. There we go. So being on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, doing more speaking, selling 100,000 books of specifically Love Is? Yes. Now, I have to ask, have you ever heard of the book Love Does by Bob Goff? I love Bob Goff and I love Love Does. Yes. And I love his podcast. He's got a great podcast. Uh, yeah. Yes. I didn't know he had a podcast. I'm gonna have to go listen to it now. Yeah. Yeah. You'd like it. It's good. It's really good. So I love that your book is called Love Is. And I'll tell you why. My journey of love. So from zero to 18, I lived in a very emotionally kind of constipated household like we didn't really talk about love it was a lot of anger a lot of hate lack of communication I left and I thought love was just like feelings like I was like you feel a certain way and that's like what love is like if you don't feel that way you don't love a person and so I didn't actually say I love you to my parents so I was 18 got off to college started getting more into my faith started following Jesus more read Bob Goff's book love does and I was like oh love is action like love does, love does. And that book really opened up of like, love is a choice, right? But I really love your book, Love Is, because I was reading 1 Corinthians 13 after Bob Goff's book, my transformation of love from love as a feeling to love as an action and a choice to love as like a state of being where 
in first Corinthians 13, it talks about love is patient. It's not love does patient things. It's like love is patient. Love is kind. And I was like, it was also part of my self-development journey of like, you know, reading a lot of self-improvement books and realizing money isn't the end all be all. There's a point where you have to like be content, be like happy with yourself. And I was like, all of this is like a state of being. And it just started blowing my mind. And I was like, I need to write a book, Love Is. So I'm glad that you have a book, <laughs> Love Is, which is amazing. Oh, that's so funny. That's a great connection. I love that. I love that story. And, you know, uh, also it, the Bible says that God is love. Not that God loves, but God is love. So it is something that you can be exactly that you should be, can be to others. And uh, I love the way you put it with first Corinthians too. love is patient and kind and does not and reinvest, you know, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, so I'm really glad that your book is called love is (laughs) good. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Well, we got beyond Oprah's super soul Sunday, do more speaking, sell a hundred thousand books of love is, are there any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about? Um, I, I mean, you know, and, and poverty in the world <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that might be a familiar one to you, yep, but, absolutely. um, yeah, just to help as many people as I possibly can with the partnerships that I have around the world. Uh, it's definitely a goal. There we go. There and we go. being loved, being loved. Being loved. Bodying it, yes. Awesome. Um, as for like ending poverty in the world, do you see that your nonprofit currently has the capability to scale to that level, Rays of Hope International? Or do you f- see yourself having to partner with other kind of nonprofits to continue like... <laughs> Um, scaling that wide? Yeah, that's a great question. It's an interesting thing. As long as I've been in the nonprofit world, which I've been for quite a number of years, uh, there are two types of organizations. There are organizations that are, um, they have a goal and that's their thing and they do it alone and they're happy doing it alone and they do it their way. And then there's organizations that want to work with as many organizations as possible, knowing them, you know, you multiply the work, many hands make, make it even better. Right. And so I am in the second camp. I am working together as much as possible to try to accomplish as much as possible. Love it. Yeah. A big part of my, um, so you said you liked what you read on my website about ending poverty and all that before the website workwithtimmydouglas.com i had leftwithlove.com it was a blog about my ideas for ending poverty and naive as they may be a lot of it was just um like connecting nonprofits and like working together and like hey like why i feel like we have enough uh resources enough manpower can we like work together focus execute etc and so it was a lot a lot about that of like my questions and then me exploring those so i'm glad that you're in the second camp of like wanting to work together and to hear that there are other people who are like wanting to work together because anytime i would talk to anybody about it, they're like no nonprofits kind of just do their own thing i was like well why is that <laughs> why is that yeah i mean you're you're so limited right because 
any nonprofit can only do so much if they're limiting themselves that way. But that's the way you multiply and grow is by partnering with other people, connecting with other people. It's all about relationships. It's all about knowing where to go. And, and if people have already paved the way, then why waste that time? Then go to the next step. You know, people already know this doesn't work. Well, then don't do it. Know that it doesn't work. And then you don't have to figure out it doesn't work. You already know. And that this works, great. Then do that thing. And you learn those things from other people. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that. Have you ever heard of impact investing? Uh, no. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I don't know a bunch about it. So you should definitely do your own research. But basically, it's like a lot of companies, you know, sometimes it'll be like a company that is like environmentally friendly, and they'll have investors invest in their company that is environmentally friendly because it's, it is producing impact. And so the investors might get less of a return, like 6% instead of 8% or 8% instead of 10%, whatever it may be. Um, and there are people who are coming up with a lot of ways to like structure business where it's not like, and maybe you could speak to this more since you are in charge of a nonprofit. In my head, nonprofits were always uh, like they didn't run like businesses, like they weren't profitable, they couldn't sustain themselves. And so I think you can speak a bit more to that, but um, impact investors are like, take investors money, use it in like a for-profit business way that still produces impact is basically what it's doing. Right, right. And the whole idea of the triple bottom line, right? And and more and more companies are caring more about the environment and more about people and more about where they source things and more about how people are treated. And so those are all really great things. I believe in self-sustainability. If you're always chasing dollars, then you're going to spend a lot of time always chasing dollars. I've got a son who's a cancer researcher. And he's brilliant and has come up with incredible things. He even has gone to Harvard to teach this new way to do research that he figured out. And they flew him to Germany to figure out there. Anyway, he has to write uh, grants. He has to apply for grants all the time because you need the money to keep the lab going. You need the money to have the research materials. So it's, uh, part of his job. And it, it's, it would be nice if all he could do is research. So that's kind of the same thing, I think, with a nonprofit. If all you have to do is do the work and not worry about the money, have a plan for self-sustainability. There's so many ways to do it. So we have a plan for self-sustainability so that you can continue on and focus on the work that's so much better. I mean, I know nonprofits that 75% of their time is fundraising or, yeah, yeah. or more. So I fundraise for projects, specific projects where 100% of the money just goes to the project. And other than that, we self-sustain. So um, I don't fundraise for administrative fees or anything like that. Gotcha. That is amazing. I love it. I actually had a dude recently who came on the show. He is a consultant for nonprofit leadership. So I don't know if you guys could um, 
connect specifically because I don't know if the missions would be aligned, but it's definitely an intro I could make since you guys are in the same realm. Is that something you'd be interested in? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Gotcha. I will definitely make that connection. And since I've said it on live, I definitely have to do it now. <laughs> so a little bit of accountability there. Um, cool. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step toward your dreams and goals, who would it be and how would they do it? Uh, well, Oprah. I'm a huge fan. I love Oprah. Yep. She's amazing. She's the most powerful woman in the world. She's one of the greatest women that have ever lived. Her passion, what she has done, what she does to help people. She does so much to help people and she does it quietly. Yep. She's not just tooting her horn all the time. I admire that, but I just admire uh, the way she treats her staff, the way she runs her business, the way her business has grown, the way she has helped so many people. Sarah Blakely, Spanx, you know, the brand Spanx. Sarah Blakely was going around with a red backpack and trying to sell her Spanx. And then she went on Oprah and just exploded, just exploded. And it became this huge company. And Sarah Blakely gives back. She's amazing. And she just sold Spanx for millions of dollars. And it's all because of Oprah. Sarah worked hard, no doubt about it. But that door opening was huge for her. And that's one, one case out of who knows how many that Oprah has just changed people's lives. Even with her show, she was changing people's lives. Her Super Soul Sunday changes people's lives. Like she, she is a human being about human beings, mm. right? Yep. And she truly cares. You can tell that it's for real, it's authentic. She is who she is. She makes no apologies. This is who I am. And what she is is absolutely fantastic. And so uh, Oprah would be at the top of my list. And, um, I would like to meet her. The things that I think could happen are one, um, get the message out there, get the message of what love really is out there. And she has a gigantic platform to be able to get it out to the masses in a hurry instead of, you know, one person at a time or speak to this group of 30 or speak to this group of 500. I mean, we're talking millions of people. And uh, the sooner everybody understands real love and then embodies it, lives it, like you were talking about earlier, the sooner our world changes for the better in in incredible ways. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. Oprah is a a common one on uh, (laughs) the show. I will say we had somebody on the show who has an aunt that talks to Oprah every week. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, if you want to introduce me, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And you know, it was funny. Her person was also Oprah. And I was like, y'all talk to Oprah every week. <laughs> you got to be around when she's on the phone. It's like every Thursday, Oprah calls her aunt because I think Oprah, her aunt, and I think Maya Angelou like oh, grew up word. together. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just wow. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. 
No, I'm sure there, there's a long line of people that would love to meet Oprah. There's, I'm, I'm sure that that's true. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, name the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish your dreams and goals. Um, buy my book and, and spread the word. Um, the things that I learned about love, like, like, let me, I'll just give you a quick example. Love is patient. So there are 14 is's and isn'ts of love that, you know, love is this and love is not this in first Corinthians and that the love chapter. So the first one out of the gate, and I took one a month to try to figure out what they were. So 14 of them took me a little longer than a year. And so love is patient. Um, I know what patience is. You know what patience is. You're not honking your horn when you're stuck in traffic. You're not stomping your feet because you're ready to go. They're not ready to go, right? That's patience. But the minute you put love is or love isn't in front of a word, it completely changes the meaning. So love is patient. Like if, if it's the only love that you know, love is patient, but there's 14. But if this is the only love you know, love that is patient says, acts, does, realizes that this moment right here, right now is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past and what's in the future is yet to come. And I don't know about you, but I struggled with thinking that I was the greatest multitasker in the history of the world. I could be in conversation, be thinking about a meeting I have later, know what I have to stop at the store for and hear every word of a conversation. And then I realized that is not not the case. And that is not love. If I'm with you, I need to be fully and completely with you. That's showing love that is patient. Instead of being distracted, instead of thinking about my rebuttal, you know, based on what I think you're going to say, Republicans and Democrats could actually sit down at a table together and have a conversation instead of a confrontation. Because love listens, love that is patient listens to the actual words that are being said instead of making assumptions about what people believe and who they are. And so it allows people to have a different opinion and be who they are and it's all okay because you listen to the words and you find out that we have a whole lot more in common than we think we do. And so that is love that is patient, is being completely present in the moment with the person that you're with. Wow. And you know, that is, I have never thought about love being patient like that. When I, like when I thought patient, it was always like, uh, like the not honking your horn, the not like, but when you think about like being in a patient, like state of being, like love is patient, like being, like being patience. I, you do get that presence from it, especially because anytime you're multitasking, anytime you're thinking about something else, anytime you're distracted, it's all to take care of something that you feel needs to be taken care of right now. And it's like, when you think about it like that, it's like the patience aspect of it is like, no, that can wait. I'm here right now with this person and I can patient, like, because you're in a patient state of being, it's like, okay. So I love right. that. Right, because this, this moment's gonna come and go with or without you. Exactly. Right? And if you love the person you're with, which you should, whether it's the person at the grocery store 
or your next door neighbor or your partner, whatever, whoever it is, you, they deserve your full attention. If yep. you love them, you give them your full attention. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was such a good perspective. <laughs> Everybody go buy that book. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Kim, we're going to jump into our thriving three now. And the first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Well, your podcast, of course, is number one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite podcast uh, is um, uh, the Robcast. It's Rob Bell. I love Rob Bell. I love how open he is, um, open-minded and not in a box and um, allows free thinking, even though he is a Christian and believes that Jesus is God and believes that way. Um, he's, uh, it is just the greatest podcast. If you've not listened to it, the Robcast it's called, and it is absolutely fantastic. It is just really great. It is not preachy or religious-y in any way. And uh, he has guests that are Muslim or that are Buddhist or that are atheist. I mean, he doesn't usually have guests, but he'll talk about books or he'll talk about different things that we can learn from each other. And anyway, it's very good. It's so good. I, I love it. Yeah, I'll say that's even more impressive that he's so open-minded and doesn't have guests because it's really easy to like be a, a host and listen and like entertain your guest thoughts, but to actually go do research and then come talk about it in a solo podcast, that is very impressive. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's good. Rob Bell, very good. There we go. Well, what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, I, I like to, um, uh, I like to do challenges. I like to challenge myself. I'm doing a 75 day challenge right now. 75 hours? Yes. Have you done it? I have not done it. I was thinking oh about gosh. doing it though. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it, yes, yes. But I'm doing 75 hard and I'm totally dedicated to it and I'm going to do it. And, um, and you know, I, it's for mental toughness, right. But it also helps you physically drinking water and eating right. And all the things that you should be doing exercising. And so doing challenges, I, I think is a great way to always self-improve and uh just look for the right ones and then yeah no absolutely i'm curious do people just do 75 hard and then stay on it like i feel like it's hard to do a diet for 75 days work out twice a day maybe you scale back to working out twice a day but being on a diet drinking that much water and then consistently working out it's like do you really want to go back to how you were living <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's part of the plan is uh, he talks about the 21 days. People talk about 21 days to make a habit, but really it can be longer than that. Yeah. And 75 days, by 75 days, those things should be a habit. So I think that's part of it is yeah. you dedicate the 75 days, do or die, and uh, that it should be something that continues in your life. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome. And particularly like the drinking water, I got... So I used to play football and stuff and I would carry around my gallon of water and drink it. And now a days, like I'm like 
living more adult life, less like, like my life stage is just switched. And I find myself like not drinking water till like 6 p.m. And I'm like, how has the whole day gone by? <laughs> I haven't had any water. And it's like, just the things that I was taking for granted that you have to be intentional about as life changes and gets busier. It really, right. is, uh, it really is important to have those habits. Yeah. Well, like exercise, you were exercising when you were playing football too, right? Exactly. And and some people play sports for years and years and then stop. And then yep. you, know what? It, you can still exercise. People can still exercise. Absolutely. Sport. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the hardest things is, um, you have that accountability and it's like, it's not even negative accountability. It's like positive accountability where it's like, you're being pulled towards a goal when you're playing sports of like, we're trying to get to the championship together. Or we're trying to better ourselves as a team. But then when it's you by yourself, I found this with myself and have heard it from a lot of peers and other people on the podcast, other people just in life, just people like really struggle with showing up for themselves if it's not something that they have developed. And so I feel like 75 hard especially once you're doing it as an adult and there's nobody there to really hold you accountable to it, like you can stop whenever you want. It really does build that mental toughness. Yeah, it's true. And I'm actually doing it with a friend. So we're holding each other accountable, which I I think is wise as well. And uh, I, I heard this. So over COVID, I took some classes, did some seminars and Darren Hardy. I don't know if you know Darren Hardy. Compound yes. effect. Oh my magazine. God. Yeah. Do you listen to him every day? <laughs> no, he, I just, I was a big fan of the compound effect. I don't listen to him every day though. Yeah. Yes. Well, but he's got a, you know, three minute, five minute podcast every day. It's excellent. And um, it can get sent right to your inbox and it's always good. hundred percent of the time is always good. That's another person I'd like to meet is Darren. Um, but I did a, a conference with him and a seminar of sorts. And he said this to me. So I'm an old woman. I've lived my life, you know, like I've lived a lot of years. And he said this in the conference. And I thought, my gosh, it like was like a light bulb went on. And what he said was, you look and feel the way you look and feel only because of you. You are the only one responsible. You can't blame the fact that your grandma's overweight. You can't blame anything else. I mean, you can't blame. You got to stop blaming and just start realizing you're responsible for you. So if you want to be leaner, you want more muscle, you want more stamina, you know, you want to be healthier. It's completely up to you to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. I've probably made excuses my whole life. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to drink water, you know, whatever it happens to be. And uh, the excuses went out the window when I heard Darren say that. Yeah, no, absolutely. His, um, I think it was in the compound effect. He was like, he was talking about this and he, at, he was asked the question in some story, um, what responsibility level do you think there is in like a relationship? Do you think it's like 70-30? Do you think it's 50-50, 90-10? And then everybody would guess. And then the person giving the workshop or whatever said, no, it's a hundred zero. And it's just that extreme ownership idea with Jocko Willink 
where it's like, you need to take 100% responsibility for you and all that you do, whether it be working out, whether it be relationships, whether it be your income, whether it be the fear that's holding you back from this and you always blame it on outside circumstances. No, that's, that's fear inside of you. Like take responsibility of that. So that's true. That. And you know, that's what love is too, is love would say not love would say a hundred and zero. Yep. Because it's up to you to love. You don't love because of what you're getting back. You don't love because, because of how they're acting. You just give love. What yeah. they do is on them. You can't control other people. You can control yourself. So you give it all. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I'm glad that you tied it back in. <laughs> there we go. And what is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to get on Oprah's show and meet her or meet Darren Hardy? Uh, well, um, um, that's a good question. Uh, I need to get out there and be seen. My book needs to be read by people and enjoyed and see some transformations in people's lives so that it gets some notice. So then I did send a book to Oprah and I did send a book to Darren actually to both of them. And so I'm going to keep pestering them um, a bit. So, because I think it's also a great book for corporations because it's great to know how to work with other people. And so, you know, Darren comes from a business, but also life perspective. So I'm doing that. But if you've got any great suggestions, I'm up for them. (laughs) yeah no for sure um no great suggestions i think it was great that you sent them a book how did you send them the book if you don't mind me asking well i emailed darren's office told him what a big fan i am and whatever i heard back from a staff member saying yes please send a book so i did Mm. and then with oprah i hunted and hunted to try to figure out what address would make sense to send send it to her and um, found an address and it was not returned to me. So I'm guessing that she, she got it. There we go. There we go. I love it. There's this book called Giftology. And in Giftology, John Rulin talks about giving gifts and he talks about sending books in a way that kind of has a shock factor that'll get it noticed more. And he sent a book to somebody, I think it might've been Tony Robbins in a really special way or somebody else. And they like read it and then they messaged him back or maybe it was Gary V. I don't know who it was. Don't quote me on who it was, but he sent a book in a really special way. He details it in the book. It's probably like a two hour long book, really short book. But also um, in addition to giftology, I think another thing that Oprah has done, you know, she was like, the winner gets a car. And then she's like, everybody gets a car. And just that shock factor. Like if maybe you sent a book to everybody on their staff, I don't know if you have that many books just available sitting around, but um, just anything you could do to get that shock factor in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. Very good idea. That's what I do. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, you're going to do it by next Friday. (laughs) Yeah. I'll do it by next Friday. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Sounds good. Well, we have one last question for you. 
So you know how there are people on the planet who have a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. and Sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they'll make that switch in their life to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that switch? I think it's um, getting out of your neighborhood. Mm. I think it's going to someplace that isn't in your box and seeing that there's a whole wide world out there, a whole big world with lots of beautiful people and incredible cultures and, and it's not just your neighborhood. You need to get out there and see and then realize that people are people all over the world. And, yeah. and it's, and it is all about relationship. Like you say, it's truly all about people. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Well, Kim, is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? I, I could chat with you for hours. Like <laughs> I wish you lived nearby. We could go have lunch, but, <laughs> but this has been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on the show. You bet. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Kim had to say, you've made it this far, make sure to go buy a copy of her book, Love Is, Spread the Word. Is there a place online to contact you or just see what you're doing? Or Yeah, absolutely. I am literally the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the world, in the world. Wow. I know. Not many people can say that, but there's so many letters in my last name. There's two R's, two E's, two L's. It's just too many letters for Mount Sorrell, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. And so KimSorrell.com is my website. I actually have a challenge on there, a 14-day love challenge. And people that sign up to do it, I'll send you a free WWLD wristband. What would love do? There we go. There we love go. Universal. And uh, um, so 14 day love challenge. So, and I'm on all the social platforms, Kim Sorrell, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, my book's available at Barnes and Noble, um, brick and mortar stores, as well as uh, everywhere online. Love is pretty simple title, easy to find. There's other love is things out there. You just gotta find the right one. The one with the blue cover. <laughs> blue color big text love is big text, love is yeah yeah awesome sounds good well you guys heard her make sure to go to her website check it out buy a copy for you and your friend make sure to take the challenge perhaps with your family maybe some cousins throw some cousins in there as well and um, as we always ask shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message give us a five-star review on itunes and we're out Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.